Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hey guys, and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sam. In this week's episode, we have a very special guest, someone who we go to school with and we love very much. She's such a kind and spunky girl. She is from Eastern Oklahoma and she played softball at a junior college and then went to Oklahoma Baptist University. Please help us welcome our classmate and friend, Miss Samantha Wolf. Please help me welcome our guest, Miss Samantha Wool. Okay, Samantha, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, uh, my name's Samantha Wolf. I'm a 2L from Adabel, Oklahoma, so way in the middle of nowhere. And um, I'm at OCU with Sam and Haley. And it's been really nice. Um, living in the city is like a huge transition, but I'm figuring it out every day. Love that. So, Samantha, did you always know you wanted to be a lawyer or... What what was that process like for you? Yeah, I didn't. I had a lot of different plans. I wanted to be an eye doctor or a storm chaser. Or In high school, my plan was to go to college to teach English and coach softball, which I almost did. Um, my senior year of college, or high school, um, one of the local attorneys came to our high school to talk about just different career paths, what you could do. And I was like, okay, well, if he can do it, I can do it. And it just made it seem really cool, not like demeaning what he does, but Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just made Mm -hmm. it seem really awesome. And so I went to a JUCO my first two years of college. There they had an application for a new women's leadership program through OU, and it was more of a politics-geared thing. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I can go into policy to help education, because at the time there was a lot of budgeting issues and things I was concerned about with Oklahoma. And so I went to this week-long program, and I definitely, like, Decided I didn't want to do politics. It was not fun at all. For other people, yes, but for me, no. And they had a panel of um, different people in different fields to come in and answer questions. And yeah, one was a law professor. Um, She was just telling us a little bit about law and what you could do with it. So I was like, okay, well, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Maybe I should just stick to that. And then junior year is when I transferred out to Oklahoma State. I was just there for a little while. And then I transferred to Oklahoma Baptist, where I ended up graduating from, and there I had an English degree that I graduated with, so I was thinking still kind of, I want to teach, I want to coach, I might do that. Yeah. And it just wasn't working out how I wanted it to, but law just really seemed fitting, and it had been the whole time, so I was like, yeah, let's stick with law school, let's do that. 
Yeah. It kind of seems like God had a plan for you there, right. guiding you in that path towards, it, even though you wanted to do English, he was yeah, like, no, like, well, I even had, for you. I even had job offers like immediately after graduation wow. for high school and then to coach at the junior college that I went to. And I really had a hard time turning that down because I love it. But I was like, I already paid my seat deposit, so there's my sign. <laughs> Love that. So from the LSAT to deciding to school, I guess I just want to touch a little bit on that. Just because, um, you know, everyone loves to hear how people studied for the LSAT and why they chose what oh school boy. they go to. And trust me, <laughs> Haley and I, are all, we are always doing this disclaimer, like we are not the LSAT experts over here. Trust me. But... We would like to know, like, what did you do to prepare the LSAT? Like, what materials did you use? Just because I feel like it's helpful to for people to know what options they have. Of course. Well, um, this is a terrible answer, but I didn't. Um, I actually did not study at all. Senior year, I had a lot on my plate. Like, I had softball practice and weights every day. I had a job. I was working from home, a legal internship in undergrad, and then a thesis and upper level classes at a private university. It was it was just a lot. Yeah. So I was super burnout, but I was like, if I'm going to do this, I got to take the LSAT or I can't go. Yeah. I didn't take my first LSAT until January of my senior year. And then I took it again in about June just to see if I could raise my score. My first score like wasn't terrible. It was in the 140s. Um, so like I could have gotten in somewhere, but just wasn't ideal. Yeah. Um, so the next time I took it, I took one practice test on Khan Academy's free website. And I don't even think I took the whole test, just like part of it. And I ended up raising my score by several points and got into most of the schools I applied to and went from there. Awesome. Hey, that is, I mean, that's like the ideal situation. Right? You know what I'm don't, I don't recommend doing that <laughs> at all. Please I mean, don't do that. But, <laughs> but it works sometimes, right? I guess. I mean, that's kind of like um, Bailey, you know, Bailey. Yeah. Um, we had her on a few months ago and she didn't study either. Yeah. And things and worked was out. In, she was in the same situation yeah, with of sports. sports. Yeah. I actually knew Bailey before high school or before college or law school because I remember playing her in like playoffs for mm-hmm. high school basketball. So that was really cool meeting her on orientation. Oh, week, that is really yeah. cool. That's crazy. Small world, you know. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I was like, it's Oklahoma. I love it. So, okay. You talked about. Uh, getting into the schools that your raised score helped you get into most of the schools you applied to, what made you decide to go to OCU? Um, there are a lot of things that that factored into that um, determination. I wanted to stay as close to home as possible because mm-hmm. I'm a person that I can go travel and go far away, but for long periods of time, I want to be close to home. Mm-hmm. And so originally, like I had another school planned out that was actually even closer But being an out-of-state student, financially, it just wasn't in the cards. So OCU actually offered me a pretty good scholarship. It's in a great location. I'm really loving being in the heart of downtown because the internship I just accepted is literally, I can see it from the school. It's not even a mile away. Awesome. So I could walk if I wanted to. I mean, I probably won't. It gets a little hot in the summer. But it's just an ideal location. And every one of the professors and faculty has been awesome to help. So just a lot of good people. So you just mentioned an internship and, you know, we are always asking what internships people are getting. So do you mind sharing what internship you have had and have now? Sure. Um, I actually haven't had a lot of intern opportunities, uh, mostly just because of COVID and everything. And you guys have experienced that also. Um, as you know, mentioned, I did the one in undergrad just to kind of get my feet wet and make sure mm-hmm. it's what I wanted. It was just a small firm. I honestly was getting coffee and making copies, but I was seeing the process while it was there. So that was really helpful. 
And they actually still like help me out a little bit. If I call and need a question answered, they'll help. That's awesome. Um, And then my next option was with my uncle, who's also an attorney. Um, This summer, he needed a little help and I hadn't had an internship yet. So I was like, okay, I'm on board and just hung out with him for a couple months. And then now um, at OCU, you have to have externship hours, which I'm not sure if a lot of other schools do that or not, because I didn't check into it. But my externship was with OCU's general counsel. I just researched policy, helped draft new policies for the school. I just finished up one on honorary degree granting. So it was a little different. But there was a internship with the St. Anthony's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's under an umbrella name for SSM Health Systems. Mm-hmm. And that was my ideal one because I got really interested in healthcare law this semester. And so they weren't taking internships or they weren't taking interns mm-hmm. at all. And I just emailed them, even though the school had already told me no. And I got an email about a month later after I'd already accepted the OCU job. And they're like, hey, like, we want you to interview. Like, we want you to work for us. And I got it. So awesome. So that's what you're going to do. Yeah, I'll start that in April. Very cool. That's awesome. So what kind of law did your uncle or does your uncle practice? Um, He does a little bit of everything, okay. but mostly like property, title opinions. Um, He has a lot of tribal law that he does as well, Um, but mostly just land stuff and lots of transactional, not necessarily in the courtroom all the time. Um. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So, if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. So more transactional rather than litigation. Very cool. So this new internship that you have that you're going to start in April, congratulations. That's so exciting. You mentioned that you, going back to your story, right? You talked about wanting to be a teacher. And I noticed that uh, you then you worked for OCU. Education law ever been on your horizon? And now with the healthcare law, what are you thinking? Um, (laughs) Yeah, the education law and things like that, it just kind of slipped under the radar once I started school because when I started law school I went in with just a pretty open mind because I've been all over the place my whole life I didn't know what I wanted and sometimes I still think I'm like 
well, I'm getting my law degree, but what can I do with my law degree that's not actually law? But that's just on days I'm stressed out. I absolutely want to do law. Me every day. <laughs> yeah. That's just the late in the afternoon after studying all yeah. day talk. Um, but yeah, my family actually is full of nurses. Okay. I'm the only one that wanted to be a teacher. Like, I don't know of any teachers in my family at all. I had some really special ones in high school that kind of put me on that path towards yeah. there. But when, again, like I said, when I got to law school, it just kind of slipped under the radar. We had our torts class first semester 1L. And I remember specifically there was one malpractice case. And I remember it because uh, there was like medical uh, gauze and sponge that was left in the patient. Mm-hmm. And they got an infection that one. And I know that sounds disgusting, <laughs> but I love it. So I'm <laughs> leaning more towards malpractice and things like that. Cool. I do like family law and just tort law in general, even though I actually like am scared to death of the courtroom. I'm getting there, but you know, transactional might be my calling. I totally feel that. Okay, well, with that being said, let's dive in because I'm dying to know. Oh, gosh. You guys, <laughs> Samantha, do you want us to call you Sam or Samantha? You don't Whichever, care. Whichever. Okay. I don't care. You, just, you can call, I guess, listeners so we don't get confused. Yeah. Haley's going to call me Sam and we'll call you Samantha. Okay? okay. Sounds good. Perfect. So Samantha went from average grades... Below average grades. Very below average. Very Okay. <laughs> to stellar grades. And we want to know how you did it. So take us back to your 1L semester and the initial semester that we had and the grades and how all that went down. Okay. Well, 1L, like especially that fall semester, like I'll just be quite honest. I took a big fat L. Like I'm super transparent about my grades and my situation because I feel like a lot of people can relate, but nobody talks about it because it's law school and we're all so competitive. And me, I'm just like, I'm just trying to make it like you help me, I'll help you kind of thing. And so 1L, I come in from undergrad, still just really burnt out and not ready to start school. But I'd already like paid the deposit. I was ready to go. And everyone says, if you take a year off, you won't ever come back, which is to me, I've seen that to be a total lie, not necessarily a lie. Like, I was just about to say, like, you took time off. Everyone else took time off. I didn't take time off. And I can validate you with that burnt out feeling of like, oh, I just already put my seat deposit down. Like, it's go time. And it's three years and it's not stopping. And like my roommates, she's in med school and we're actually the same age. We grew up together. She was just a year ahead of me in school, but she took a year off. So she's in her second year med school now while I'm in my second year law school. And she says taking that year off was literally the best thing she could have done. (sighs) So if you're thinking about that, that's definitely an option and don't let people sway you otherwise. Good advice. Um, But anyway, that first semester coming in completely burnout, mental health was out of zero a negative billion, if you want to do that. Like it was just really bad. And like, Mm -hmm. that's not to discredit anyone else's situation because everyone's dealing with stuff. But for me, it was just personally really bad. And... So I was just kind of overwhelmed from the get-go. Like the first week when they teach you even just how to outline a case or brief a case, I was like, oh my God, like I have no idea what's going on. I don't get it. Which now I look back, I'm like, wow, okay. (laughs) I was freaking out over nothing. But still, it was just a lot. You're taking in so much information so fast and it's scary. You're in a new environment with new people. You don't know what you're doing. Even though you might think that you do, you have no idea. It's definitely not like you know, walking into undergrad or high school. It's just a whole new game. And so my headspace, again, was just terrible. But grade-wise and school-wise, like going into 
studying. Like I didn't really understand the outlining process. I tried really hard to do that, but it just didn't work for me. And um, I also tried to do the practice questions and that when you're already overwhelmed and don't have time, like sometimes those get pushed to the side and then you get ready for your exam and it's the next day or the next week. And it's like, oh wait, I never did practice questions. Yeah. Then you freak out more. Yeah. And so overall, it was just a whole semester of freaking out, feeling constantly behind, constantly overwhelmed and feeling like really alone in that too. Yeah. Because you guys, I know, have talked a lot about imposter syndrome, and I didn't know that was a thing. And I really think that was a big part of why I felt that way, too. Because I was like, I'm not smart enough to be here. These guys are killing it. I'm not. Which at the time, like, I definitely wasn't killing it. So it was slightly true to a degree, but not really. There was a lot of other people that I know were dealing with similar problems. And so just trying to find my way out of that was really difficult. But second semester with the spring, I kind of started to do a little better, but then we had COVID and I had a lot of personal stuff going on. Going into 2L, I, you know, we had COVID hit over spring break. We didn't go back. We're stuck at home doing class online, which for a lot of us was really new. For me, I'm kind of an introvert. So I was like, I've been preparing for this my whole <laughs> life. Like, like, give it to me. <laughs> let's stay inside, please. No one's coming over. Great. I can order takeout every day and it's justified. Great. <laughs> But other than that, like school was still really hard and yeah. trying to be disciplined in that time too. When I like me personally, I have ADHD, so it's really hard to pay attention sometimes, even while taking care of that with medication and therapy and just exercises to stay on task. Like it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the middle of all that, I also was dealing with some undiagnosed mental health issues that I finally realized after I went through a very traumatic breakup. So I had dated a guy for like five years and thought I was going to marry him. You know, that whole spiel even looked at houses. So it was pretty legit. We ended up breaking up and then my life tremendously got better. So that's in personal and academic as well. So like having the time to actually study and not feel pressure to hang out with someone or worry about how I'm making them feel by ignoring them to, to study or study with people at school. It just, it wasn't healthy and getting out of that was really the start of trying to do better. And so 2L exams, really, I don't think were much better for me. I mean, I passed all of them because it was pass or fail. So I don't know what I made. I didn't check. I didn't care. I just was like, I passed. I'm done. And going from that, I was like, okay, well, I passed all of these. But with that being said, I was still on academic probation from first semester because I'll be honest, my GPA was like a one three or something. It was definitely not ideal. Um, We had academic advisors at school encourage me to actually not drop out. OCU offers a fresh start program, which is where if you do really bad your first semester, you're just not grasping things like you need to. You can pretty much start over with a clean slate. Um, they don't have any record of it or they don't keep a record of it. You're not showing like withdrawal marks on your transcript. You're pretty much just a whole clean slate. Like it's brand new. And the only problem with that that I considered was, is I've already paid for a semester of school. I can't afford to take out a bunch of extra loans because I can't afford to pay them off if I don't, you know, graduate. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Because that still wasn't, you know, for certain. Because if you don't do well after that restart semester, you're done. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of a gamble, but I'm going to gamble on myself and just tough it out and see what I can do. So with that being said, like when you're on academic probation, you can't take summer classes usually. But with the circumstances, 
I don't know if they let me, but I just enrolled in one anyway, and they didn't say anything. <laughs> I love um, that. <laughs> so, yeah, I enrolled in criminal procedure over the summer and just tried a bunch of different study techniques. Yeah. I YouTubed a lot. Um, really just trying to figure out what would work and focus on that one class while I had a lot of time to do it. Granted, I had a job full-time all summer, and I live literally like 15 minutes from the lake, so it was kind of distracting <laughs> to want to study, but I did it, and uh, I tried outlining again, and again, that just really doesn't work for me. Um, I tried doing mind maps, which was a little bit more helpful, which if you're not familiar with the mind map, it's kind of like webs where you do concept and then rules and things like that. And then after that, I tried not stealing people's outlines. I have a, <laughs> here's a, just a thing too. Like if you have an older friend in law school, that's a three L or someone that's graduated, make them your person. Like, yes, sappy Gray's reference there, but <laughs> um, make, make them your person. Like my friend, Stephanie, she's from home. Uh, she's a three L she's ahead of me. And so she's my law school mom. She gives me all of her outlines yes. If there's something I've done that she hasn't done, I'll give her mine too, but I'm not sure <laughs> if it's actually worth it because it's like a bunch of scribble all over a paper. But um, anyway, I get a lot of her outlines and I'll take these old outlines and, you know, cross compare and be like, okay, each person has the same rule. So this is the rule, even though I could do that from the textbook, but why do it the easy way? <laughs> and then from there, I'll just break apart whatever they have and throw it up on a piece of construction paper or a poster board and literally color it with crayons and markers. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what works for me. And I got a B in that class. That was my first grade above a C. And I was like, okay, well I did something right. Mm -hmm. And then from there, when law school started in the fall, I was like, okay, this is it. Like it's go time. It, literally it's go time. And like I played college softball. So yeah. I'm thinking of this in terms of sports. I'm yeah. like, it's a contest. Like, okay, I had a bad inning. Let's go get it in the ninth. Yeah, like, like, this is this is showtime. Yeah, I know that can be super cheesy, but really, though, sometimes to change your mindset, you have to. And you kind of do have to think of it like that because it's it's game time. It's showtime. We got to do right. our best. Yeah, and, and it, you can't let something get you from last inning, like you're saying. And at that point, I feel like you if you want it so bad like you're not gonna not get it right you know and it's like if you tell yourself well it's go time you already know like mm, i have to because yeah. this is what i want right i literally l remember making a tweet like first day of classes like it's go time and it had like a honey boo boo meme or something where she's <laughs> going crazy i have it pinned on my twitter it's great um but yeah i was like okay let's go like it's if i'm gonna do it i gotta do it now because that was it was do or die pretty much if yeah. i didn't get the grades i'd be dismissed from school and that alone is a lot. But when you also have that and pressure from family to do well, which my family's super supportive, like I'm not saying that they're like pressuring me, but you know, you have a lot of high expectations of you want to meet. So it's really stressful and you have, you know, potential jobs, not jobs, but internships that have already looked at you and you're like, okay, well, if I fail out of school, I can't do that. So yeah. it's a lot. And so for the fall, I managed to get... My first A, but not just like one A, I got three of them. Wow. So that was, that was, I thought it was a joke when I got my grades back. I was like, like there's this, no way. Yeah. Like, this is unreal. And then I actually. Imposter syndrome though. That's yeah. it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is so unreal. And then I ended up callying in one of them too. And I was like, okay, like if I can do this, like, why can't I do this all of law school? Yeah. And so to get there though, like getting there is the hard part. Of course. And. 
can't remember exactly how many hours I took, maybe like 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And so I treated it kind of like a job. I, you know, made sure I got up in the mornings instead of sleeping in like I would have done the last year. I get up, I make my coffee, eat my breakfast. What time do you get up? Um, it kind of varies. That's another thing about me is like, I've learned if I have too rigid of a schedule, I completely bust it and don't do what I'm supposed to. So I'm flexible. Like my body knows what it needs. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm tired, sometimes, you know, you have to make yourself get up and study when you don't want to. But if you have a little extra time, sleep in a few minutes. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Like don't feel guilty about giving yourself what you need. Okay. And so like I, but on average though, I usually get up around seven, um, get to the school probably about nine or I work from home. I have a desk in my room. And if you don't have a desk, like get one because (laughs) sitting in your bed on a, with a lap desk, you'll fall asleep. I do it every time. Yes. Same. And I'll end up turning on Netflix and like (laughs) eating snacks and it's just not productive. Everything's more fun than studying, right? Right. Yeah. Literally like counting tiles on the ceiling is more fun than studying. (laughs) Yes. Um, But yeah, so I get up about seven. Some days like on Monday and Wednesday, my first class isn't till 1.15 and I'm pretty sure it's right after you guys. I think I walk in and I sit literally Mm -hmm. right in front of you. Um, But yeah, that class is not till then. So if I caught up and don't have a lot, I'll sleep in a little bit to maybe 10. And I know that's not ideal and that's probably what a not not what a lot of people would recommend and or it sounds crazy but sometimes you just have to it works for you yeah there's something to be said about that is that of all the hard work you've put in and you've come so far to this point like even you fall asleep and you make these plans to wake up at five to do your extra work and like sometimes it doesn't happen and it's okay and we keep rolling on and you're still gonna work your butt off you know I think that's something important to acknowledge too because yeah we all have this perfect day that we do right Right. that we describe and it's like how often do we actually do that well that's my goal for the day right so right keep telling us though (laughs) yeah like everyone has those goals and sometimes you just you just don't make them yeah exactly but like I'll wake up early most days just kind of study at home study at school and for me what studying looks like is going through my books like specifically we'll use con law for example because that's something that a lot of people or everyone has to take and for con law I'll get up I'll get our readings that we have to do and I go through and it looks like a tornado of highlighters has attacked my book. Like I'll highlight everything that I think's important. I write notes in the margins, even better if it's a book somebody else has already written in because I'm like, okay, you did that for me. Like I'll make sure it's right, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's helpful making sure I'm doing everything like I'm supposed to. Yeah. I know other people hate when their books are already marked in, but I love it. Yeah. Unless it's wrong and then I'm like okay Unless I gotta send you realize this back. the person's dumb you're like, <laughs> you're like what is oh this? what school right. they go to well, I've had one of those and I was like um that's n- not right and if I already know that's not right then it's definitely not right you're like can I swap this one <laughs> well I rented it through Amazon and so I just kind of put in a return request and I was like hey like this is really bad like I can't even read it which was a little bit of a stretch but it was wrong yeah and so I sent it back and got a new one it was fine but yeah, so I'll mark in my books. Yeah. Um, if I'm briefing in case, I don't write out briefs like they teach you 1L. I don't type it out, write it out or anything. I'll make the notes in my book, which I just recently got an iPad, and that's helped a ton with keeping organized and writing notes. Um, so I'll not brief it, but I'll write down just like a couple of key points mm-hmm. and the rule and the things I need to know for the exam. Because if you get too much in there, then it's just a lot. Yeah. And so when we go to class, I'll write in a different color and I'll separate what the professor says from what I have. And if I have something that's wrong, 
I don't erase it. I just cross it out, but still where I can read it so I can see why I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And then go back and look and be like, okay, I got this wrong because of this. And this is the answer because of this reason. Yeah. And so that's really helpful for me. And then after class, I'll honestly, I don't really pick up my after class studying until about five weeks in the first five weeks. You're just kind of getting information. Of course. And you're digesting everything. So now, like, since we are in, like, the middle end of the semester, Mm -hmm. I go home, I open up my notes, and I'll either print them out and then mark on them some more, or I'll kind of outline them. And when I say outline them, I don't mean a traditional outline. I mean, I'll go through and on my iPad, like, if it's week one, week two, week three, I'll put that in, like, an outline form, I guess, Mm -hmm. on the iPad. I don't know how to explain it. But it's just like keeping track of what pages those Mm -hmm. things start on. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go through if there's a big concept. I'll do that with it, too. So it's kind of like a traditional outline, but not. And I'm not putting information into it. Yeah. You're just organizing your notes. Exactly. Yes. That's the best term. Yes. And so now that it's getting ready for finals, I kind of did the same thing a little bit first semester of 2L. I throw all my notes together. I reread them look at the big points. And then, like I said, I break out the markers, the crayons, the poster boards, um, and start drawing like flow charts and put pictures. And like, for example, my family law class, it was almost embarrassing to show people what I had done because <laughs> I can't draw. And I was doing, I think, marital property separation, or I don't even remember if that's the term my brain's on this semester right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was separating property and I had to remember how to do it. So I drew like a husband and a wife and then like put like little houses and stuff at the (laughs) bottom with arrows. I'm like, this person gets this and this person gets this and like wrote the values underneath it. And to someone else, that's going to look like, okay, this makes zero sense. Like this person's got to be flunking out. And for me though, I'm like, oh no, this is exactly what it is. And I look back on that exam and I got it right. So I was like, I'm going to stick with this. Yeah. So it seems to me like you're a very big visual learner. Like I have to see it. Like outlines, all the words just jumble together. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying that just because they push so hard at school for you to outline in the beginning. And they're like, are you working on your outlines? Have you outlined? I'm like, no, absolutely not. And people look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, listen, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for everybody. And like, I have a friend at the University of Tulsa in law school and she's on 1L. So I'm like her law mom, I guess, a little mm-hmm. bit, even though like I send her stuff that Stephanie sent me. I'm like, I didn't do this, but here, yeah. um, she's like, yeah, like this just isn't working for me. So I told her about my crayons and stuff. And she's like, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. And she's actually in con law while we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the same thing. And I hope she tries it. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm just really unconventional in what I do. It's organized chaos is what I like to refer to it as. Yeah. One of our academic advisors, she originally gave me the idea when I was asking about how to study with ADHD, like just write things in different colors. Mm. And I did that, but I need, I need the chaos. Like, yeah. So I just draw all over the page, like use different colored paper. Like if I was in a kindergarten classroom, I'd be set for studying. Literally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I mean, I think it's almost like you had to go through this, right? To figure out right. how to learn the best way. And I mean, did you, were you a visual learner in undergrad? Um, no, actually. Like my, mm-hmm. my study habits from high school to under, or from high school to JUCO to the last two years of undergrad to law school were different every time. Mm-hmm. So like high school, I was a flashcard kid. 
not because I wanted to, but because my mom made me because I wouldn't study if I didn't have to. School just came easy for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have to study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I say that I probably wouldn't have had a good, as good of grades if I didn't, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I get to undergrad, it's a JUCO. So again, not really trying just all that hard, but still putting in a lot of effort. And I worked as an un- or a work study, so I would just ask the professors questions and not bug them like all day long. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was how I studied. I didn't actually study it. I'd just be like, hey, professor so-and-so, like, what's this? And they'll tell me, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Um, and then for the last two years is when I really like started struggling with school. And that's when I was actually diagnosed with ADHD. Like, yeah. It's like once the information became harder to understand is when I realized something just wasn't working. So I was at OSU just for a semester because of some reasons. Like I was like, I'm done with softball, so I'm just going to go to school. That was a whole different ordeal. But um, I was there for a semester, so classes are ultimately harder. I'm going from a JUCO to upper-level college classes at a big school. Mm-hmm. And I was an English major again, so like studying's really different. You're not mm-hmm. doing biology flashcards or math, which, oh God, please don't make me do math. <laughs> right. I don't do numbers. Um, but yeah, it was really different. And so what got me through that was talking with professors and asking them, like, how do I learn what I need to learn for the exam? And that's orig- that's what you do in law school. Like, yeah. if your professors don't tell you, you ask what they want. And so... I started just asking questions and then I had one professor and it was actually a grammar class and I've always been like the grammar nerd like I love it (laughs) except I almost failed it and I was like what is wrong like I know this and it was just because I couldn't remember the name so she like had me sit in her office once a week and we'd get on the whiteboard and draw like boxes with things in it and just like move it around and so I could visually see like how we were putting together sentences and that's how I got through that semester totally different And then I get to OBU and a lot of it's literature courses. So I'm just reading books. And so honestly, again, mental health wasn't great. So I was just kind of halfway trying and I marked up my books and was like, yep, this is it. This is why. And with English, you can kind of float around ideas, even if you're not right. If you can argue it well enough, Mm -hmm. you'll still get a good grade. Mm hmm. Oh, gosh, I hope there's no English professors listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) They probably know it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, of course, but I let the secret out. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that studying style was really different for me. I'd stay up all night and just mark up my books and hope for the best. All my finals were written papers, so I could kind of wiggle my way around, Mm -hmm. like, getting the good grade. And then law school hit, and that was just like running into a brick wall. Like yeah. nothing I'd done before was working, it didn't make sense, and it literally took me up until all of two L and still into spring now to figure out what do I do and like what works. Yeah. So when it came down to like final season in the fall, what was your process then? Was it, um, I know you said you're writing things out on cardboard paper and all that. Like, it, does that get more intensified as the finals are closer? Or do you still use that method throughout the whole entire studying for finals? Or what is your approach to finals? Because obviously, like, you went from, you know, C's below to A's. And there's a huge difference yeah. there. And like, they always, they always tell you, like, an A essay is different than a B essay. So yeah, I want to kind of know, like, what was the process during finals and kind of what do you think made your essays and your these exams that you took so much different 
Well, um, I do kind of follow that same, like, drawing things out and coloring on things to make pictures that make sense. Um, I do that most of the semester. I really don't start it until halfway through because, like I said earlier in the beginning, you can't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you you could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so once it gets closer to finals, I start, you know, making sure I'm not doing anything on the weekend, except I can go out and have dinner with a friend or something, but I'm not going to go on some, like, weekend-long trip. Yeah. Like, you have to prioritize at that mm-hmm. point. And um, so I'll stay home and I'll work on everything. And then when it gets closer to finals, that's when the professors, you know, have given you the practice questions. And like I said, like practice questions, sometimes I get to them, sometimes I don't. I've done a lot better in the last semester and over the summer to actually use those practice questions. So if they're there, like if they're giving you what they want on the exam, like you should use it. Yeah, of course. Like, I don't know why first year I (laughs) didn't think I needed to do that, but I didn't. And it obviously didn't work well for me. Uh, So I do the practice questions. And so what really I think separates like a lower grade from a higher grade or even an A exam is like putting the most that you can in your sentences while still being concise. Mm -hmm. So a lot like my legal research and writing professor, she really stressed on getting to the point. Don't put in a bunch of extra because nobody wants to read the extra because we're all reading a ton of stuff. Yeah. And so my first memo with her, I actually almost failed. Um, And I was like, I did what you said. I was really concise as to the point. She said, that's the problem. You were too concise. You cut out a lot of the important Mm. information and just gave me the basics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. I don't know what you want from me, but okay. And then I realized after the fact, I was like, okay, I see it now. So I did a workshop with Katie, one of our academic advisors again, um, and it was just fleshing out our answers. Mm -hmm. And so she would put a sentence up on the board and she's like, how can we make this better? So like, Mm. for example, um, if I have a sentence, like I saw the yellow dog run by the old lady, um, that's tells us what happened. That tells us what we saw but it doesn't give you a lot of information. Okay. So to flesh that out, you could say, I saw the yellow lab run by the old lady in the purple shirt. And mm. that tells you more about your facts and your settings while still staying to the point and staying really condensed. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to pack as much punch into your sentences as possible without getting too wordy. And for me, that really helped because it makes me gather my thoughts, make them cohesive, put them with what it's what is needed for the question. Because I mean... If your question is asking nothing about a yellow dog or nothing about a lady in a purple shirt, then those facts are irrelevant. And that's Mm -hmm. when you're being too much and giving too much. Yeah. But if that's what's important to your question, then, yeah, we want to put that in there somehow. So I look at it just as trying to make meaningful sentences and not wasting space, not wasting time. And like, if I don't need it, take it out. Because me personally, if I'm reading a case for class, if I see a super long fact section, I most of the time skip to the bottom of it and get to just the meat of the problem. I'm like, okay, this is what's going on. And then if I have gaps later on, I'll go back. But most of the time you can just get it with glancing. Yeah. And just reading, like you said, the last few facts, that's basically what you need. Yeah. Do you feel like the ASA or how you're designed, excuse me, do you feel like your sentence example you don't want to break it up. You want to be succinct, like you said. Um, do you feel like you really memorized the law and were able to apply things? Or does anything like that, um, do you think, helped your grade? 
Yeah, that I mean, that's probably the most important thing is knowing what you're writing about. Of course. Um, I didn't think to even throw that in there. But uh, like for me to remember the rules, like I'll study almost like I'm studying for the bar because for the bar, you don't need like a bunch of cases in your head. You don't mm-hmm. need a bunch of random facts about a case that happened one L year. Mm-hmm. Um, you just really, you need your rule and then going from there, which I say that like I've done bar prep. <laughs> I haven't, but I have a friend that's doing it. So I, I kind of get the idea a little bit. I'm going to say that and look back and be like, Oh my gosh, I was so wrong. <laughs> um, but I take the rules out and like, if I haven't already drawn it on a piece of paper or made a chart of some sort or a web, I'll go through my notes and like cut out all of the case information. I won't pull it out, but I'll literally just write the rule down and what the subject is. Yeah. And um, one of our classmates actually showed me a thing like when we were getting ready for our comma final last mm-hmm. semester, like I was freaking out, not going to lie, because that was my hardest class for me. Yeah. And um, I was at school studying with a girl and she came up and was like, hey, like, let me study with y'all. And we had the big whiteboard and we're like just rewriting things over and over, just the rules. Oh, yeah. Um, so like we'll make like boxes on the whiteboard. We'll, we'll just literally throw all the rules up there, rewrite them over and over. So that's not a visual thing, but you'll you're rewriting it. So that's physically making you do it. So I'm a visual and physical learner. Visual and physical. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know there's like a term for kinesthetic. K- kinetic? Is it? That's I like the kinetic sand. sand. <laughs> Whoops. Um, no. Whoops, you know what you I know mean. what we're talking yeah. about. Like the, the hands-on learning. Yes. Of course. Yes. We'll go with that. Um, so like physically writing it helps a lot too. So mm-hmm. just constantly rewriting things. Even though I've heard people say that I didn't actually do it until I was freaking out and she made me do it. And so I was like, yes, thank you. And I ended up doing really well on that exam. That one wasn't an A, but I still did really well. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I don't think I probably would have done that without her. So just I remember the rules in that way. I'll like write them out a bunch. Um, and then when I'm going in to take that exam and we have our fact pattern given to us and then our question, I'm thinking, OK, I'm looking for trigger words. Mm-hmm. So it's con law like he often like in lectures will repeat things over and over again. So if you hear your professor say something and put emphasis or repeat it a lot, like that's probably your sign that it's going to be on your exam that yep. way. Or that they want that on the exam. So I listen for the trigger words after, you know, I've studied, I've learned the rules and everything. And I say, listen, you're not listening when you're reading it on a piece of paper. <laughs> but um, you're reading that on your exam. You see those words that trigger what you need to know. So you're like, okay, this word is this. So this goes with this rule. Mm-hmm. And then so you're, I, if we have scratch paper, I'll go ahead and write the rules that I can remember mm-hmm. out on the paper. Like info dump a little bit and just get yeah. it out of my head so it's there. And I'll go back and I'm like, okay, this is the rule for here. And I'll explain why it works, apply it to the facts, use the the sentence method and like try to flesh out my sentences. And then like at the end, if I've answered the question, if the professor doesn't require cases, I don't ever really worry about it until the end because I mean, it's just extra points at that point. And then some people, if you use the wrong cases, will take points off. So yeah, you don't want that. (laughs) Right. So if it's something I really know, like it's this case, 100% goes with this information, then I'll go back and plug that in. Or if the cases are required and you do need to know the names, um, the way I study for that one is just like, I write the rules out, but then I put the case that it comes from. So yeah. Awesome. Just a lot of writing, coloring. Hey, it makes sense. Repetition. Yes. Do you ever time yourself? No. Okay. Because, like, for me, that's just added stress. And as someone with ADHD, like, yeah. you, that's a big no-no. Okay, cool. Well, you made a point that studying for the bar, it's, like, rules. It's just, like, you need to know the rules. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. You don't need to know the fluff. And 
Haley and I, when we were studying, we we're like, man, I wish we could just study for this stuff like we study for the bar. Right. Because it would be so much, it'd be quicker, more efficient, and yeah. help us for the bar. Efficient. But yeah. I think that if you have that foundation, like the... It rule. makes the it makes it make sense. Like the fluff mm-hmm. helps you learn what makes sense, I guess, if that's a good way to put it. Or just how to apply different different right. layers of facts. Mm-hmm. It's it's important when you're in real life and you have your <laughs> facts pattern, right? Yes. Like, and, you know, we'll be able to go and read more cases over and over about different things. Like, I'm sure you've realized working, right? You, mm-hmm. you know... They, your bosses don't know the exact law. They go look it up, right? right? It's just it's just learning the rules to pass the bar. That's all. That's our next step after we graduate law school, right? Right. So I totally think um, that more people, including ourselves, should study like that and think of it like rules and the bar and just kind of have that mindset. And it clearly pays off, right? Because right. I know. Um, my con law exam after talking to the professor he was like Haley you were doing really well you just forgot certain parts of the doctrine and the memorization that's all it boils down to I can apply facts all day but if I don't have the right doctrine down it won't get you the points so it uh it definitely writing the rules out and memorizing that stuff however you do it with you it's that visual learning and that writing it out and putting in boxes and just kind of moving it around and understanding those concepts I I think that's really cool and it's also just so important for people to figure out the way they learn you Mm -hmm. know whether that's now as 2L or back in undergrad I mean there are so many different ways. I mean, just the other day we figured out this new, um, it's not even new, apparently it's new to us. There's this, uh, a software that oh. medical students use. It's called Anki and it's, can you tell her about Anki? Yes. Okay. It's like, so Anki, it sounds so weird. I know everyone's listening like, what the heck? Okay. So basically it's like a Quizlet. But it's this software, and it's really popular, like she said, in medical school, because whenever you're in medical school, you have tests that you have to take, and it basically determines your whole future. Big surprise, right? Um, And there were all these medical students who used Anki to study for this. And I was thinking, you know what? Their step one test is like the bar, basically. You know, they they put so much emphasis on that for them, right? And I was thinking, there's got to be cards on there for the bar, for the NPRE, things like that. And we get on there, and sure enough. And of course, like law students and lawyers don't use it as much as the medical community, but there's still people on there that are using it. And I'm thinking wow, there's so many sources out there to learn. You can do so many different things. It's crazy. Now I want to download this. I'm like, wait, let me go do this. No, I'm gonna totally. Ask, I'm going to ask my roommate about it when I get yes, home. Please, please do, her. and then tell us what she says about it. Which, I don't know if she uses that or not. I know she's getting ready for step one uh, right now. But you tell her right. You text her right after you say, girlfriend, download this Anki. is how you make the score because I'm serious. <laughs> Samantha, somebody told me that this is how their partner did so good on step one. So... Mm. I hope that this just broke the barriers for your roommate and that she can go kick step one's butt. I'm going to have to tell her about it because I know like we have Quimby, which is right. like just little review videos, which yeah. you pay that extra 10 bucks and you get a cartoon that tells you how to do it. <laughs> and that's honestly, I love those. I do pay the extra $10. Shout out to Quimby. But right. um, like med school has sketchy, which is another weird name for a study thing. And sketchy. it's like, the thing. so that just means that it shows you though, that that stuff works yeah. because people are using it and, and it's they're successful. across everything. Yeah. Yes. And that's all that matters. And I think 
uh, something that we like to talk about and just like bring awareness to, if, if you can call it that, is that everybody studies so differently. And I know that there's going to be some gals and guys out there that are like, yes, Samantha, thank you for telling us this. Because I hope so. I haven't been knowing what to do and everyone keeps telling me to outline and it sucks. And I, it's making me, it's wasting my time. And now they're validated by you in the fact that it wasn't working for you mm-hmm. time and time again. And right. you came up with these new different ways and look at you now. Yeah, so absolutely impressed. no outlining whatsoever. I do not do it. Love you that. heard it here first, guys. You can get A's without outlining. Damn. I mean, <laughs> I, I never thought I would say that. <laughs> never. But like, it, it's true. And like, I just can't emphasize this enough. Like people learn so differently. Yes. So also, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, like, you know, stop telling Ugh. me how to study. Like, we're not telling you how to study. Yeah. We're just giving you some suggestions because I literally love listening how people get like Anki. When she told me about Anki, I was like, heck yeah, tell me all your new things on how to yeah. study because I want to be the best version of myself. Exactly. And um, we just want all of you guys to be the best version of yourselves too. Yes. Okay, Samantha, tell them, tell them, tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to chat and learn more about you. You can find me on my Instagram. It's danielle.sam. And if you have questions, you can go ahead and shoot me a message. I, I'm up literally all night sometimes. So if it's late, don't feel bad. Just ask. Like I'll do the best I can to answer it. And if I don't know it, I'll send you to someone who can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we really appreciate this interview. It's so great to sit down and thank chat you with guys. you. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. You know, I loved that. Because I think, you know, when I first saw that she made like three A's, she put it on Facebook and I texted Haley. I was like, we need to have her on because that is such a huge jump, guys. Like seriously, being on academic probation and then being able to improve like that, like that is what you want to be able to do, right? And you saw that she had to figure out how she had to learn all over again. And, you know, we really try to you know, preach to you guys, like figure it out before you go to law school. But sometimes that's not, you can't, right? Because you've never been in a situation like law school where you're studying like you have to for law school. Mm -hmm. So I really liked how she gave like the drawings. I really liked doing that too. So I think she had some really great tips and it kind of, I I felt like it's going to be really encouraging to any of you guys who might be in a similar situation and know that like, if you put your mind to it, I mean, look, she went through a breakup and stuff like that. Like, look at your life and just, you know, get help if you need it and do the things that you need to do to move forward because you can do it. Like, it can be done, clearly. Absolutely. And the going back to you mentioning her breakup and just different things that she did to kind of come upon this path, you know, no one really chooses to put themselves in hard situations, but life is that way. And she's a great representation of how to realign and readjust after a bad first semester of law school, which so many of us have and we don't always talk about, and then come out the other end even better. You know, um, I had a not that great semester and I plateaued. And I think it was because I didn't really recognize and come into the different things that I needed to be doing for myself. And I'm just so inspired by Samantha in the fact that she is unconventional. She said she finds 
you know, the knowledge in the chaos. And it just really solidified to me that you don't always have to be doing what everyone else is doing to be successful. And you know, when you know the information, and that's what we really have to focus on in law school and and really any professional degree in an undergrad too. If you have a hard degree plan or just a class that's really kicking your butt, you know when you know it. Same for studying with LSAT. I mean, it's all intertwined. And, you know, with us, we are about five weeks out from finals and it's about time to buckle down. And she really inspired me to go at it the way I think I need to do it and trust myself. And there's not much more you, you can ask for. And, um, do in law school. And so I hope you guys who are getting ready to study for finals see that as well. And a great way to study is by listening to Barcast Audio. Yep. I'm plugging Barcast Audio. It's our favorite. They're podcasts like audio lessons where there's seven MBE subjects. I personally used it for con law and evidence and they have like questions and they have mnemonics so you can memorize them and they're really helpful. Um, I personally love mnemonics like seriously guys it's the best yeah and it's a great way to study in unconventional places like while you're cooking while you're on walks while you're in the shower while you're doing laundry all the things so make sure and check out our sponsor barcast audio at barcastaudio.com and use code law to get 10 percent off your MBE pack and you can use it for finals and get a jump start on the bar. Or if you're about to start studying for the bar, good luck, guys. You need to get this stat. As always, follow us on Instagram at Ladies Who Law School Podcast. We also have a Facebook group, which you can access in the bio of our Instagram. If basically the bio of our Instagram is anything that you need from us is usually in there. So if you ever need like merch links or all that, that's always in the link in our bio. Okay, guys. Well, we will talk to you again next week and we hope that you are staying safe and enjoying this spring weather. Okay. Bye. Bye.